Hello, everybody. This is Shane Claiborne. I'm so glad that you could join me for this little half hour together. We're talking about faith every week. We're talking about faith, but not just faith uh, as a ticket into heaven, but how faith affects the way that we live right now. Uh, and one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is uh, how we've lost our sense of wonder at creation and the sort of marvel of life. And I, I just finished this new book called Rethinking Life. And there's a section of it that's called The Miraculous Diversity of Life. And I've got a story about my friend Claudio Oliver in Brazil, that I met in Brazil. And um, he's been here to visit us in Philly. This is all teeing up because he, I'll just let, let, let it out there that he's going to be our special guest uh, today. And he is such a great guy. You're going to love him. So I want to read this paragraph, though, as a way of introducing my friend Claudio. So uh, I said, I learned this. I learned a lot about the incredible diversity of life on earth when I visited my friend Claudio in Brazil. Claudio's part theologian. He's part veterinarian and 100% nuts. He reminds me of the character Doc from Back to the Future, eccentric, wild, full of passion and curiosity. When I visited him, he woke me up at five o'clock in the morning, took me on an all-day adventure to show me what life is like running an urban homestead. We fed the rabbits, one of which would be dinner. <laughs> we traded eggs for milk of a neighbor's cow. We went to the shopping mall as Claudio denounced the evils of capitalism, and we picked up coffee grounds from the food court for his worm compost. Then he took me to the Holy of Holies, the gene bank where he is helping preserve endangered species of chickens. Do you know how many kinds of chickens there are? He asked. Naturally, I started rattling them off like Bubba rattled off kinds of shrimp and Forrest Gump. Well, there's fried chicken, teriyaki chicken, barbecue chicken, chicken kebab. No, no, Claudio said. How many types of chickens? I had no idea. So he kept going. And then he said that there are some 400 different kinds of chickens, species of chickens, that is. He added there are uh, thousands of kinds of rice. There's 29,000 different kinds of fish. And then Claudio got on his biodiversity soapbox and brought it all home with this one. Monoculture is diabolical, but diversity is divine. He smiled and kept saying it louder and louder. Monoculture is diabolical, but diversity is divine. Claudio, Amen. good to see you, buddy. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> good to see you. It's good to see you. And, good uh, to see you. You know, I, I think um, there's all kinds of stuff we're going to get to talk about together. But first of all, um, you might want to say a little bit more about yourself than just that story, but I think it captures you really well. But you really are like... Um, you know, you, you have this backdrop in caring for animals, but it intersects with your theology. So mm -hmm. tell people a little bit more uh, of who Claudio Oliver is, bro. Oh, Claudio Oliver is a guy trying to, to make sense in his life. That's the <laughs> point. No, that drives my life the most. It's, it's always asking myself and asking God, God, do I make sense? You know, it's not if I'm right or wrong, if not if I'm useful or not, but if this makes sense, you know. Mm. And through that, we went, you, you quoted the time in our life when we were, we were in a neighborhood 
you know, starting something small. From that, we grew, you know, much more. And we had lots of different experience after that, ending in, a, as I said, an accidental community, living a great experience at Casa da Videira, that, that mm. is not bad English, Vine's house, not the house of the vine. That is the being Jesus the vine, you know, he's the owner. And Casa da Videira became a great experience, you know, we end having a small business, bakery, you know, kombucha factory, you know, a germoplasma, uh, a bank of plants. Like in our garden, we have more than 85 different plants from the 32,000, you know, that we have in the world <laughs> that can be edible, you know. And, and how, how are those chickens and turkeys doing? The ones that I have? Well, no, no, I, we, we, we didn't went through that because that was a friend. You remember that? Was, right, right, right. Yeah. He was the keeper, you know, and he, he moved and he went with his chickens. You know, we actually ended working with pigs, you know, and we helped saving a, a, a pig, a pig's breed, you know, that was in danger of disappearing in Brazil that after 400 years. And we saved that, and that became a, an entire program in, in the southern Brazil. Like from 50 original pigs, now we have more than 5,000, you know, in different small, wow. small holders. And so we, we continue, you know, celebrating, as you said, diversity, you know. And, but the, the thing is that what, that what came to my mind while you, while you were talking is that all that admiration or you know, sense of wonder will not start if you if you see a turkey or or you know an exotic animal or an incredible uh, edible uh, plant, not usual usually eaten. But when I, when you see a banana peel, you know that's the the beginning of the story. When you start seeing a banana peel and stop calling that, for example, garbage. Yeah. You no, know, you throw away a banana peel, not perceiving that that's part of the beautiful creation of God. And nobody gave you authority to call that garbage. Yeah. And that, and that our responsibility, that is the ability to give a response to what we eat, once you do not eat the banana peel, actually you can eat that. Okay. You were making something out of them, right? The banana peels? Yeah, yeah. We can make banana banana cakes out of that. You can, you know, deep fry banana peels. But the responsibility, the ability to give a response is to send it back to the cycle of life in mm. send, instead of sending it to the landfill where this will be, you know, kidnapped and uh, prevented to go back to the, the continuous cycle of life. Yeah. that God has created on this earth. So the sense of wonder for me, do not start when you, you know, start going deep into the studies on biology or microbiology, that is my, my original concern, or when you go after the plants or after the animals, but when you see the normal, usual things in your life that you disconsider, you know, that you don't take care, like mm. throw away a banana peel, yeah. I, I would I would challenge anyone you know to observe you know a banana peel a peel of apple say this is part of creation and I have no authority to call this garbage or trash mm. this must be sent back to its original place that is earth you know yeah. to, so 
Now, I, I, I'll have to say I'm not quite good at cooking with banana peels yet, but I don't throw them away. I do have like multiple bins, Claudio, of um, yeah, compost, of ver vermicomposting. So I got all my yeah. worms already. Yeah, that's, that's the way. You know, we're rain barrel recycling. We're seeing, we, we are seeing like, you know, in the concrete of North Philadelphia, uh, we saw our first cardinals. Um, we, uh -huh. we grew our first kiwis. So we've got like the little kiwi plants that we're growing, like our grapevines, eight or 10 years old now. So and that's going back. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's going back to our original call. I think the uh, another point of my, my trajectory is, you know, first, our ability to give a response must be respecting the cycles of life. And the second and the first call, actually, of human beings is that all we are supposed to be gardeners, you know, mm -hmm. to keep the garden and to expand the garden through the through the through earth, you know. So good. And you wanted, one of our neighbors said that we're trying to bring the Garden of Eden to North Philadelphia. And yeah, I thought that's good theology, right? That's and, that's and more, you know, and, and let me correct something here. That's the, you, you're touching a, a very interesting point. You know, some of us tend to idealize the past, like, oh, let's go back to Eden. But mm. history never goes back. In the, you know, history moves ahead, you know, in our case. And we move ahead towards a city, you know. And when you go, you know, to the Garden of Eden, what's in the very center? The life of the, the tree of life. And what is in the very center of the new Jerusalem, the tree of life? Because it's the same place. It's the same place. You know, the, the future Eden for us is, no, is a garden city, you know. is a city where we live. There is no landfill. There is no temple. There's not a need of religion. It's not need of all that because God is all in all of us and we are all together Woo! with God. We're getting and into it that, today. Yeah, and that is something that my, my perception, for example, I just moved here to a small house in Portugal and my house here have no one centimeter of, of soil. So my first question, how can I create a garden you know, out of this space with no, it's all cemented. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm every day. I, I have this, this sentence. I need to walk ten meters a day. After a thousand days, I will be talking in like walking ten thousand meters. Mm. So I'm planting in boxes and pallets and uh, uh, different ways of transform this in a garden, you know, and to each actually to call the attention of people that pass through, mm. you know, and all my garden is an edible garden, mm. you know, that I can eat, feed people, feed animals and all that. Okay. That's so good. All right, y'all, if you're just listening in, I wanted to welcome you. Uh, the voice you've been hearing is Claudio Oliver, my dear brother, uh, who's uh, we've known each other for 20 years or something. We've had uh, some incredible experiences together. And, you know, as we're, as we're thinking about the wonder of creation, um, 
I'm looking out the window, Claudia. I wish everybody could see, but you know, seeing we've got all these murals that we planted in gardens and our greenhouse, and um, and it, and and we're trying to bring it back to life. And it's just like you said, if you're just tuning in, y'all, Claudia was giving some good theology there that we're not going back to the Garden of Eden, but the end of this story in Revelation is the new Jerusalem, the city of God brought back to life. And the tree of life is there. The river of life, which is not polluted, is running right through the city. Yep. So it begins in the garden, but it ends in the city. It ends in um, a creation that's brought back to life. And you've thought a lot about this, Claudio, of, um, you know, even as we look at community, this is the 25th year of our community at The Simple Way. 25 years, man, it's a quarter of a century. You're um, getting old. Are getting up, but you know we we can't get too attached to what community looks like. And you kind of joke that you you uh, started an accidental community that yeah. then then began to to really think of itself more as a neighborhood or a barrio, uh, uh, the the theology of the mm -hmm. place and what it looks like to build community within the neighborhood. Maybe talk a little bit about that because I yeah. yeah. Really helpful. Not oh. everybody's going to move into an intentional community. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and uh, for example, I I do not believe in in that community is something that you build. Community is given to you by life. You no, know, it's a gift mm. that the Lord gives you. And I know that evolutionarily, you know, in terms of our natural story as a species, you know, we have been together in communities much more time than as individuals. That we are, you know, that we just created five five hundred years ago, you know, into modernity. We created this individual that ended in individualism and all the problems that you know. And obviously, community is a natural environment for human beings. But even being natural, I can't say to anyone that's listening to us now that oh, you must live in a community. This is the only way for you to live. And as I said, community is a gift that you receive from life and you celebrate. And I have, I have had a great experience, very, very encouraged by the Bruderhof, you know, experience. But we know that a community in our context, in our, in our society, if you start working together, not being paid for, you end being rich, you know, you end being, you know, Successful, but this is natural is anti-capitalism on, on 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 the maximum level, you know. But this can create, as we know in the experience that we know around us, you no, know, it it can create a bubble, you know, or uh, or cause or ideal place that you need to keep, you know, going. Yeah. So I started asking myself, what if? You know, having this strong experience as a community, we just move, you know, and cross the street, you know, and instead of tr try to transform everybody or our neighbors into a community, why not move our communities to integrate into neighborhoods? Because the question, and I know that we do not have much time, the question was, if community can't be, you know, the natural for everybody, the question, what would be the natural social arrangement for everybody in the world? Mm. South, mm. North, Africa, United States, you know, China, everybody has a neighbor. But our world, we have forgotten how to urbanize, how to be a neighbor, 
you know, how to be close and to follow the orders of just love thy neighbor, you know, to love thy neighbor, you must have a neighbor. So, and you can be the best neighbor on the street, you know? Yeah. So now I'm working on, I'm writing about, and, and I'm, I hope that we will be able to be that kind of neighbor, no? So at this point, we have moved our community. We're living in different neighborhoods and we will meet together probably in, in six or seven months to uh, install ourselves, not anymore as a community, as we used to have common purse, you know, simple life that way that we have used it too. But now to be inserted inside of a community, to be the best neighbors as yeah. possible, you know, that's the idea. So yeah, I, there's a lot of it's that. In, that a, in a nutshell, it's no, in a nutshell. Talking, it's more we're complex. We're talking about that. the same thing here. You know, we we're saying that we we want to build a neighborhood that we're proud to call home. And you yeah. know, where where and it's like that that vision of Isaiah, you know, where the the ruins will be brought back to life, where people mm-hmm. will be able to live without fear, where we'll beat our swords into plows, you know, and that kind of vision where everyone has their vine and fig tree, that kind of vision is is that restored creation. Yes, and, yeah. And let let me say it's exactly what you're saying, you know, it's all about restoration, you know, to restore, to to heal. You know, is the message of the gospel and the prophets on the law is all about restoration. When you transform, for example, you know that I'm 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 totally enthusiastic about your transforming guns into plows, you know, uh, into crosses. This is a message that talk about life, you know. Yeah. And and for example, here or there in Birmingham, where part of our community is, you know to choose to be in a very disenfranchised or uh, a deteriorated, you know, neighborhood intentionally yeah. to bring life back. I, I, I do believe that people are the souls of the neighborhood. Mm. You know, if, and sometimes a neighborhood lost, uh, lose its soul, you know, people are not there alive anymore. They only go there and sleep there, you know, and they do not start small business anymore. No. So I believe that it make and play in a neighborhood is basically what we must be. And and everything starts with eating, you know, like planting, inviting people to eat in your home, playing together and making things together. Yeah, that's, that's simple. It. It's not complicated, you know. It's not that complicated. It's not yeah. elaborated like a big plan. It's like, <laughs> go there, eat with people, make things with people, and play with people. There you go. And you know the the one uh, uh, w- there's one translation or interpretation of the 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 verses in the Gospel of John where you know the Word became flesh, and it says that mm-hmm. God put God put skin on and moved into the neighborhood. You know, God, God moved in among us. And that's what, you know, Jesus comes from a place and, uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and very importantly, he came from a place called Nazareth where people said nothing good could come from there. And yet that's yeah. where God, God showed up and God keeps showing up in the neighborhoods where people say nothing good comes from there. So I, we just got a few minutes left. We, I mean, we could do a whole another hour. Uh, maybe we will soon. You could teach a whole class okay. on this next thing I'm going to ask you about, but alternative economics. So a part of reimagining a neighborhood is imagining an economy that is not just money-based, especially when mm-hmm. 
Caesar's image is on our coins and God's image is on people. And we often honor prophets over people and people get crushed. And in neighborhoods like ours, you've been here, Claudio, like um, we don't have a lot of jobs. We've, um, uh, mm -hmm. you know, lost a hundred thousand jobs. So we're building this new community, community center that our friends have been, uh, are ready to dedicate. It's going to have a gym and a cafe and all kinds of stuff in it. Mm -hmm. um, and we've been talking about, um, creating an alternative economy where it's based on uh, a timeshare, right? Or a time bank where yeah. we can barter hours. And there's other communities that have done this, right? Like some of the things that we do, they they don't honor people's time and gifts. And so we're saying like, if some of our young people weed the garden or they clean up the block, they get an hour of gym time, you know? And so we're trying mm -hmm, to figure that mm -hmm. out. So talk a little bit, I mean, you've actually printed your currency. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, but talk a little bit about alternative economics, bro, in the last few minutes here. Yeah, well, in a nutshell, again, you know, I think the problem is that we are too addicted to, you know, um, income generation, you know, and we are all thinking about creating money or, you know, creating the, the, the media, you know, the media that give you access to something. And in the last years, I start thinking I'm not interested in income generation, but in assets generation, you know and creation wealth you know what what the for you know a poor a poor person from a wealthy person you know a poor person is normally you know uh, investing he his or her time you know in creating income you know and always having a debt ahead and always you know lending your your workforce in order to receive money that is the only one mediator between your need and the satisfaction of your need. Mm -hmm. And what is a wealthy person? You know, it's someone that creates assets and is the owner of assets. But who is really strong in creating assets? The poor. Who 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 paves your 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 road? Who? fix your electric system who is responsible for uh, making uh, take the water to your home it's always a poor that knows how to do that hmm. ask a rich guy you know to go there and and do something for you they can't you know fuel uh, fuel your your car you know they can't clean your house so what i believe in terms of uh, alternative economics is jump over money and go direct to the assets creation you know mm. and exchange assets that you create directly for example it, we we had a bakery but we gave up of uh, selling bread and we start giving bread to people you know but when you give bread in order to share your life with someone we always receive for that bread much more then the money, bread's not expensive, you know? People can pay you $1, you know, $2 for a bread. But when you give away a bread as a form of grace, you know, what we receive back, sometimes clothing, sometimes friendship, sometimes time, sometimes teaching, you know? You have direct access to assets that other people have. Mm -hmm. And if you go back to, to, to Mole's idea of the gift, the gift creates, you know, uh, 
bonds between people. So mm. why not use our ability to create things and assets to give this to other people and create bonds in the neighborhood, you know, mm. and go direct to what is interesting. What is interesting? You want to eat. You don't want money in order to eat. Right. You want clothing. You don't want money to buy a cloth. You can go direct and not only exchanging things, but giving away and sharing and even printing your money as we have printed. Sometimes people have nothing but money. And how to have this? If you go to the modern economic, uh, the, the new economics, you know, and the macroeconomics where people are, you know, the, uh, uh, creating, you know, and, and printing money to save economies, why we expect the government to do that, why we don't print our, our money and use it for the exchange that are more difficult. So one minute, I have no more time for that. Hey, you heard it here, y'all. Well, I think if nothing else, Oof. you've got- an It's little... difficult to talk about these difficult things, so, you know, in just so one good. minute. It's so good, but I think it's, you know, for, for folks listening in, this is an invitation to live with a little more creativity. Right. As, as yeah. scripture says, to serve God, not money. Uh, so let's think of ways that we can live with more imagination, right, that we can celebrate the diversity of creation, that we can live um, trying to honor people rather than profit. So, I mean, e even here in the States, Claudio, we've got a community that started creating uh, hours uh, of currency. So it was a dollar, mm -hmm. but it was a one hour, you know, and they could trade. And that's what we're trying to do here. So where you are, think about how you can see the gifts and the the wonderful skills of and assets of your neighborhood and build on that. And there's entire neighborhoods that are going, we don't all need a washer and dryer. We don't all need a lawnmower. Let's create a tool share. Let's create a deeper way of living together. So we're out of time. But today my guest was Claudio Oliver. What a gift. Good to be together, bro. Thank oh, all. Thank you. Everybody thank you. For listening thank in. you. Okay. So here's what we'll do, man. That, that closes the radio show, but let's talk a little bit about what was happening in Brazil. Like as an after thing, you got five more minutes. Yeah, I have. Yeah. So um, for folks listening in, you know, we, we do the radio show, but then this is a little um, uh, bonus conversation with Claudio. Cause he's got a minute left to, to talk about, some of the stuff that was happening in Brazil, he's in Portugal right now, but the communities he's been a, a part of is in Brazil. There's a lot of the same principalities and powers, right, that we see here in the United States. I mean, you mm -hmm. and I have talked about um, the, the idolatry of guns and the damage mm -hmm. that they do, um, that this kind of nationalism that has its own face in Brazil, but it's, it's sort of... Um, nationalism trying to camouflage itself as Christianity and of uh -huh. course the, the struggle with the the uh, native folks there so um, I know this isn't all good news but you know you're we're asking the question what does it look like to be followers of Jesus um, and you know in Brazil um, say a little bit more about how we can be standing in solidarity with uh, folks yeah. that are re resisting well, those I, and powers you know again it's 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 hard to speak about this in just two or three minutes, but uh, it's important to remember that this fascism that appears in the 20th century, in the early 20th century, in the 20s of the 20th century, you know, in Italy and then in Germany, the biggest fascist uh, party outside of Europe, you know, was in Brazil, you know, in the 30s. And that fascism, you know, 
it's it is the the lower layer of this madness that is there and that uh, was have never been you know a major force in brazil but then uh, something occurred that the evangelicalism copied from the united states gave you know the soul that fascism was waiting for you know for years and decades and in the last 20 years you know the new pentecostal new evangelicalism in brazil embraced a, a very weird alliance you know between nationalism fascism you know the militia and the the drug dealing and the evangelical church they became something whole that ended with this crazy of this bolsonaro you know the trump of the tropics as we the people said and and the the fetish of guns you know showed up in the stage as the major symbol for example yesterday we had another you know shot and, and I think 10 people died after mm. a, a snooker, you know, after a snooker part, uh, they were having a gambling around snooker and two, um, two guys that were supporters of the former president, they started shooting people around like and 10 guys, and including a, a girl, 12 years old, that was escaping from her dad, uh, her dad being shot. She was shot on the, on the head. And died, and this is it, this never happened in Brazil as happened in the United States. But now you know what we're having this celebration of guns. That's a fetish, you know, yeah, and sometimes yeah. a sexual fetish, you know, and is a celeb. It, it, it is celebration of violence, you know, and individualism, and and all this is based on this invention of the. Uh, individual as the or, original uh, body instead of the social as the original body. Yeah, let me so, ask you a little bit, one, one more follow-up to that, because, I mean, we, we've seen this resurgence of uh, of a, a version of Christian nationalism in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. That obviously was like, we think of the 80% of white evangelicals that supported yeah. Donald Trump. But what's interesting is, as you as you zoom out and you get outside of the white evangelicalism, yeah, there's a really powerful spiritual landscape of uh, liberation theology of the historic black church. So, for instance, like it's like 80 percent of African-American women voted against Trump. Right. So they've been sort of the moral conscience of America. Mm -hmm. And many of them are deeply devoted Christians. Right. So I was wondering if there's like. Um, is there sort of a faithful remnant or a resistance from the faith community of some of those powers that you're seeing now? There you know, are. You, you there, brought us yeah. Paolo Freire. You brought us so many great theologians. So like, yeah. is, there, is there some of that happening? There too? are. There are mostly in the Catholic world, you know, but the Catholic conservatism and the evangelicals, they are together in the same kind of religious, you know, milieu. Uh, but in... In the Catholic workers kind of uh, of movement in Brazil, that's a minority min minority movement, you know, uh, working with the homeless, taking care of the you know, the indigenous people, 
there are a resistance, there are uh, 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 remnant, you know, faith based on the gospel. But at this point, you know, something that was calling my attention in the last years, I was following, you know, many podcasts and YouTubers, you know, and in the progressive side of the political spectrum. And you know where I have listened more to gospel than any other part on the 80s, you know, on the 80s part of the of the the political spectrum saying, hey, you're talking about God, you're talking about Jesus, and they started quoting and studying the gospels and teaching, you know, the basics on the gospel about solidarity, you know, choosing the poor and the it, red letters, that, the Sermon on yeah, the Mount. Come on, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> sermon on the Mountain and, and confronting Christians with the gospel being saying, oh, I'm an atheist, but your gospel says this. <laughs> you know, and Jesus was a great guy, but you were, you, you're, you're presenting this, this uh, um, I, I would say, the imaginary God of the Old Testament. Not the God of the Old Testament, the imaginary God. Uh, the imaginary Jew, you know, the imaginary uh, prophet that was killing everybody, talking about violence, destroying people, you know. And you know that we had our uh, 6th of January, our 8th of January, yeah. when the invasion was, you know, 75% of people that invaded the, the uh, our Supreme Court, the palace, the government palace, and the Congress, they were evangelicals. Mm. They were praying, singing songs, you know, gospel songs inside of that invasion. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Mm. You know, so now, presently, you know, we are seeing this. Sorry, somebody entered here. Yeah. And we are seeing, you know, this revival happening on the margins and you know like uh, catholic priests that are embracing the lgbt you know community that has been very persecuted saying i'm not saying that i agree or disagree i'm saying they exist and they can't be shocked because they have this different behavior yeah i mean we've we've even gotten um, messages from folks in brazil that would like to see uh some iteration of, of red letter Christians or something like it. That's a new container or new way of uh, gathering people yeah. around Jesus and around the, and, and that, the liberation that's basically like Shane, freedom movement. And that's basically why we choose to be in neighborhoods, yeah. you know, and live together with people. We, I, I don't think that we will confront this movement, creating another movement, but yeah saying we will not create a movement. We will, we will be much more acting, I feel this way, that we are called now to act like a fungi. Yeah. You know, below surface, you know, very subversively and showing up in unexpected places, you know, like oh. mushrooms, you know. <laughs> So I, again, I go back to the biological, <laughs> biological uh, uh, metaphor, you know, that the point is do not try to create a movement to be against that movement. 
yeah. God will not use the same kind of weapons, you know, to to defeat the evil. We must, you know, choose. For example, I will show you something that probably can those that are not listening, you know, you read Greek. You know what's written here in my arm, kenosis. Yeah. You need yeah. to rediscover the canonical gospel, that is to empty ourselves, to disappear, to incarnate the reality, to leave, you know, behind of us, you know, to leave all the movement uh, kind of approach of the 20th century and go back and emerge, you know, in the, yeah, in the into people's reality. Into the neighborhood. Well, too. what a good time. What a good time, bro. I mean, hmm. for you, me, you man, said the, for key, me. the kingdom of God is uh, like mustard seed, but you're saying it's like fungus. So here we are. It's like fungus, <laughs> like fungi. You know, go back. And when nobody's expecting the morning, you show up like a mushroom. <laughs> Hello, I'm here. <laughs> oh, it's great.